Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And our guest for today's show is Shweta Wadera, who's the CIO of GE Transportation, and the topic we are going to be discussing is winning strategies for exceeding customer expectations. Hey, Shweta, how are you? Welcome on the show. Hi, Sanjay. Thank you. I'm doing great. All right. Awesome. So, uh, so the reason we wanted to talk about this topic is given the different changes we are finding in the marketplace in the way people have expectations from the, the providers, the service providers, that change it is becoming crazy where it would sometimes become very high other times it is they are disappointed so we have to do something so a lot of lot of changes are happening and we wanted to see what strategy and what changes in the mindset the processes and the tools we should make in our respective organizations so that we can always stay ahead and keep exceeding customer expectations. So, Shweta, my first question for you is that we are living in this mobile Uber, I would say call it like the super mobile, super social and always on world. And what should be we expecting from customers in terms of what their whims and fancies are going to be? Is there a limit to it? Or would you think, what do you think would be the new normal in today's day and age of what customer will expect from us. Sure. So, Sanjok, the way I see it, right, today is, is a consumer economy where consumer has both choice and voice, right? Um, so when I say they have a choice, it's it's plethora of options available out there in the market. And uh, given the social media and given the mobile and always on word, there is an umpteen opportunity a customer has to be heard. In the traditional world, if I wind up, right, all the expectations of a customer was on quality, service, and fair price. But in today's world, you know, customers are getting smarter, the expectations are going skyrocketing. Uh, the customer has a need of a personalized interaction and connected experiences across the various channels as they interact with the company, whether it is uh, you know, the managers or whether it is through, you know, social media channels or, uh, you know, interactions in any different way they have with the company, they're expecting a connected and a uniform experience across. So it's like in the traditional word, it, it's like saying irrespective of the sector we are in and irrespective of how we are interacting with the customer, we are really treating every customer as a platinum customer, right? So the focus in today's world has to be to build those genuine and mutual relationships with each customer and to create a win-win situation. So the way I, uh, you know, sort of call this is that we are really moving customers across the spectrum, right? It was initially just as a transactors where the relationship was... Uh, um, you know, just nothing beyond the purchase. You walk in, you buy, you go away, and, and, and that's it, right? From there, moving to uh, converting our customers to be our supporters or pro promoters or even co-creators in some cases, I think that's the journey we have to be 
caring with our customers. So I maybe take a pause there. And uh, no, yeah. no, sure. So, so what you just mentioned is that we should treat every customer as a platinum customer, and that's a great mindset to have. At least it will get everyone moving and try to do their best. If you are looking at a customer and you always treat them as a platinum customer, what is the customer doing back with you? Are they being loyal to? to the relationship, not to you per se, but the fact that you're treating them well, are they sticking around or are they going to be following the next deal they get? What do so, you do in that which case? Is where, yeah, yes. Which is where I come back to my last point that we need to move our relationship from that transaction or from a deal to be a promoter and a co-creator, right? So when I say that, I mean that, see, customer is already there seeking to share and collaborate with corporations. You know, they are sharing their reviews in on Yelps, on TripAdvisors, on LinkedIn's, Facebook. So they're already creating content for these. You know, some of the organizations like Nike, they're already partnering with them in terms of designing the shoes for a specific customer. If I just take a generic statement, like you just said, that is customer still loyal to me if I'm just treating them well enough, may not be given the plethora of choices, right? But I am, if I am really creating a group of co-creators and promoters and organizationally I'm building that culture, uh, then potentially I could expect customers to, uh, you know, work with us and be interested with them beyond just the share of their wallet, right? All right. So, Shweta, you did mention about uh, the, the way customers are behaving and what we are trying to do. And I like that sentiment that you shared where every customer should be treated like a platinum customer. Now, that is great from our side, and there is nothing wrong in us putting our best effort. But for it to be a win-win relationship, what, is, what about the reciprocation from customer? Because customers today are fickle. And in many cases, they would just care about the next deal they get. And even a slightest glitch in customer service or their experience, and then they are willing to switch or they threaten and they do other things because they somehow feel, and then perhaps that may be a reality, that they have choices. So if you're going to work with the mindset that you want to exceed their expectation, first of all, would you consider this to be a realistic expectation? So... Uh the way uh, you know today's environment is, and like you rightly said, yes, they have choices, and I think uh, there's enough and more out there. It's about uh, uh, you know, and, and like I said in my past comment as well, it's about how I move the customer across the spectrum of affinity, from just being transactors where you know we have no relationship beyond the purchase, next a deal, and that's it, right? From there, how do I move my customer to be someone who regularly interacts with the firm, someone who is a promoter, share the enthusiasm for the brand with friends, with families, to be the co-creator who actually feels that they are partnering with the organization. Some of the organizations are doing it very effectively, like Nike, I would say, right? They're really working with their customers as co-creators. So they are... Uh, uh, 
and customer is like out there seeking to share and collaborate with the corporations. Uh, we have uh, we have them posting all the content up and you know creating contents for LinkedIn, Facebooks. Uh, you know they are really uh, sharing opinions on Yelps and TripAdvisors and so on and so forth. So it's uh, uh, it's like creating a network of peers in which the participants are interacting and sharing in the value creation. Uh, you, and, and lot of organizations, like you said, Uber, TripAdvisor, Alibaba, eBay, well, the list is long, right? It, they're really creating that network of peers, and that increases the stickiness as they move up the spectrum. Now, given the topic is even being discussed is because there seems to be a gap, or we feel as providers that we are somehow not able to stay consistent in terms of exceeding customer expectations. So what should be a good benchmark for us to feel good about whatever our efforts are and um, what's the outcome, what we are seeing from the customer? What should be that metric? So that metric, really, it's really directly proportional to the risk appetite and relevance to the business model we are in as a service provider, right? To achieve the success, I think it's important for business to have have a plan in place to be able to adequately manage customer expectations, right? Uh, so, so like I said, it's easier uh, than ever to take for customer to take its business elsewhere and switch from brand to brand. And there are disruptive companies which are leveraging breakthroughs in cloud, mobile, social, AI technology to deliver those personalized and valuable and immediate experiences. The fact is, like disruptive technologies or no disruptive technologies, only those businesses survive and prosperous that have pulse of ever-changing times and have the ability to foresee and uniquely position themselves to stay ahead of the curve. I mean, tech is just a tool, right? So it's like what my business model is, right? Internal resources and processes are to serve the purpose in business existence, right? Not the other way around. So... Uh, how am I leveraging and how am I positioning my business, right, uh, so that we could survive and prosperous by keeping the pulse of uh, of the changing technology and the changing era? So whatever you're saying in terms of what we work towards uh, as an internal organization is all to make sure that it is mapped to the outcome. And 100% accurate statement. Absolutely. Now, when we do try Absolutely. to go, yeah, when we do try to go in that direction, to what mm-hmm. degree at any given time we evaluate, okay, these systems should be replaced or these ship systems should be modified? And, and there has to be some sort of a roadmap, and at the end of it, there should be some blueprint or holy grail that we should be pursuing to say, okay, in a given type of customer base, this is the type of satisfaction score we should get, and it should be there should be a process or a way to measure that we are hitting those mark marks on and on, and 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 the reason it could become a little complicated is because even that benchmark could change because the the customers are changing their stance, their expectations on how, how they want to deal with a service provider. So so do absolutely. you absolutely yeah do, do, yeah so we do we keep changing our holy grail definition? Do we keep changing what we do and never reach a point of? total realization of the benefits, the, the, the very reason why we did it, because of this fickle 
customers need demands and expectations not really so the way i see this is that what what we should be targeting is understanding what my organization's challenges are how they relate to the desired goals and objectives and then select the specific guidance that fits to the journey there and not the other way around right the customer engagement are and insights have to be leveraged for us to get to that journey successfully so the say a best practice guidance could be in a meaningful way inside the organization and as a resource you know it use that to help people understand what actions can be taken and what outcomes should be realistically expected like how does it map to my business case it's it's not about uh you know perpetually changing to the fickle mind it's 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 like we have an outcome in mind that's the business case we are going after and how do i use the insights that i gather with those interactions right by imbibing with that mutuality and equality relationship that i establish with the customer how do i use that to be able to get to that uh, business case and business value that i was going after right so the customers are more demanding today not because they just woke up that way it's because of our own competitors both direct and indirect it's about how we are prepared uh, uh and how agile our organization and our business model is uh, to be able to respond to that it does not mean my business outcome changes it does not mean that i'm changing with every opinion no that that's not it just depends upon how equipped i am as an organization or we are as an organization with all the insights that data can provide of both of our customers and our own organization how do we use that to decide faster and keep both in sync when you speak about you know all the insights that we use in the company so definitely for our own uh, historical records and how you see the customer interaction happening and then we we come up with some form of uh benchmark or 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 analysis that okay we did well from our side but when you look at from a customer's viewpoint they change their opinion about the whole brand that they were interacting with many times based on one single last interaction they would have had and they will bad mouth so your internal analysis was over a period of time uh non-stop treating them as an uh, a platinum customer and the customer trashes us in the first instance can we prevent that from happening that's number one question and if not then is your uh, aggregated data and related analysis any good or is it going to serve any purpose when when you are only uh, you know you could be just limited to that one last interaction which was not as favorable so i probably take your question in different parts right uh because when we say we believe we did well right there itself we are potentially denying a problem if it persists right uh so the common basis for decision making in every functional area 
it's not has to be basis operations it has to be customer it's the process that fo- that starts with fostering a more collaborative and a networked approach to doing business internally in the end it's the the business internal organization is or the structures are far less important than how the customer experiences that business and i when i say that i do not sort of i'm 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 not specifically basing this on one or irrational customer that you come across right um and we draw that line like i said whether it meets my business objectives this this is what we are trying to get to how do these insights help us get there so we are just using these as tools and not as uh, uh every point every transaction to help change the way we try and act and try and respond to the environment right so it's more It, you know it it takes a very different structural paradigm for this to happen so for companies to succeed i have to really understand that we report to the customer so we need to align align around the ways to anticipate and constantly delight this buying public that we call as a customer right uh so yeah so that's that's how i see this right like for example say apple makes computers but they really deliver the simplicity in the user experience right uh there's whole foods which is selling healthy groceries but what they're delivering every day is wellness so it's what my business objective is and the insights and tools that i am using and not really biasing and getting stuck on just the specific outliers use it leverage it root cause it and if you find there are things that you could align within your own delivery your own thought process and your own organizational structural way of reacting or responding to these do that right that's what i mean when i say that it but it's it's, it's not um, just about uh, one odd outlier Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, sure. Shweta, when we come back, let's talk about mm-hmm. the different entities who we need to partner with in order to deliver value and an experience to our customer. And in many cases, it could be our subcontractors, the partners that we have, other people in the value chain who need to all come together for us to be able to deliver that, you know, um, expectation or rather exceeding their expectation. But then, when it comes to working with parties who do not really share the same profit and loss with us they do not share the same strategy as us how do we work with them and constantly change or tweak our experience which involves all of them in such a manner that it becomes one cohesive force and we exceed customer expectation because when we are changing things any change is hard as is even if you're trying to do within an organization but when you're involving your partners who may have their own agenda they may have their own vision of what they want to become how do we tackle this too many people too many parties coming together trying to solve a customer's problem and that itself that that expectation itself is not stable that itself is fleeting that itself is morphing what is the the recipe to making that happen uh, listeners please stay tuned we'll be right back and explore
predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Shweta, as I mentioned, uh, when we are trying to exceed customer expectations and in today's days and age, there are so many partners that we have to work along to deliver that experience. And if the expectations are going to change and what we have to do to keep exceeding that expectation, that means everyone, every different element of that ecosystem or value chain have to perform at, at their best, but at the same time in sync with the rest of them. How is it even possible? And what is the near-perfect state we can get to or even aspire for? Yeah. So I wish there was one recipe for it, but I can share uh, what has been working in our environment, right? I think what really helps is the clarity of purpose, the mission and vision, right, and values that's critical to this journey. So what really pulls together or distinguishes the high-performance team from, from, from another group, right, which is generally just coming together and simply following orders, right? To function effectively, a high-performance team really needs a deep sense of purpose and commitment to the team's members and to the mission. And how do we drive this across the different organizations of contractors and partners that we work with? All it takes is communicate, communicate, and communicate. That's why we look at the leaders, right? In addition to the strength and the clarity of purpose they bring in, they bring in a very strong force of knitting together the organization's purpose across uh, the uh, employee base or a partner base that's working to deliver on that. And relatively more ambitious performance goals than average teams. I mean, that has worked repeatedly in various uh, pretty demanding uh, outcomes that we've delivered within an organization. Once you have a more ambitious performance goal than 
uh, average teams, the the spirit of working on that outcome itself brings uh, the teams together. It's the mutual accountability and a clear understanding of members' responsibility to the team and to the individual obligations um, adds uh, adds a, a very uh, strong thread that brings the teams together. On a team, typically how? we'll have a diverse range of expertise. You know, we need to ensure that how is this complementing with the other team members, and 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 work on establishing uh, the relationship of that interdependence and trust between members. Did you have a comment? So, I mean, what what you just said definitely makes sense. Now, one is that okay, you establish these core principles of trust among people and, uh, you know, some, some common expectations. But the challenge should be when things change too fast. Do you, when, when it is really coming down to the reality on what you actually end up doing in an organization or across value chain, do you put like snapshots and say, we are going to evaluate no matter what craziness is happening with the customer base, but let's evaluate every two months what, how crazy is it going? And then let's decide we should even change anything because we cannot be changing on a dime every single day. No organization Absolutely. can work like that. No but organization can survive that way. That is why coming back to my previous comment, having that business model, having that business case that we are going after and leveraging these insights, uh, you know, uh, to, to be able to respond to that helps, right? De- and depends our environment as well. Are we in a wartime company? Are we in a peacetime company? Because in a peacetime company, we have a little more time to be able to work on our strategies and respond, right? So while the wartime companies may be perpetually, re- you know, I would say, say reacting to what is happening around, but it can never be like every day I'm changing. No company can survive with that. So a firm mission, a firm objective that we are going after and then working towards that with the shorter milestones, with a, uh, with more fast works methodology, as we like to call it in our organization, where the minimal viable product is released out there for customers to experience and gather the feedback and grow with that instead of waiting for the traditional long cycle perfect product to be in place before you place it out there. Um, so, so those kind of agile methodologies are required uh, so that you could respond. But of course, you can definitely, no organization can survive with changing every hour, every day. And would you say that besides that approach, the snapshot approach that you mentioned where there is a business model established, do you also start looking at customers as not that every customer who crosses, like gets into the, the door is your best customer and you have to go crazy to uh, satisfy that individual? Instead, do you define or is it better to define your ideal customer and draw a boundary line that if people are um, being unreasonable, then they are not the ones who we are going to uh, work extra hard to satisfy. Is that a, a, a way an organization can define? So, yes, they will lose some customers, but they were never going to be loyal in the first place. So why bother? Is that a good way to approach this whole problem of exceeding customer expectation on a regular basis? 
So I see this little differently, Sanjok. Definitely, of course, unreasonables, I call them as outliers and, and we, we can't choose to put them aside. But uh, it's more about what my organization's culture uh, is, right? How well are we structured internally in our decision-making process, in our, uh, in our uh, you know, customer handling process to be able to give them the right experience uh, and, 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, instead of, right, so most traditional organizations have been, you know, designed in a way where the functional areas, the internal org structures take far more weight uh, than the customer center is. So we need to keep it up there. And also, depending on the sector we are operating in, there could be a different segment of customer which is meaningful for us, and there is a segment that we're not targeting. And if that's what my business case business model says, then yes, focusing higher on the segment where my product will be more appealing definitely makes more sense. So, so if you yeah yeah, and, and and you're right about that. So, if if you were to define say a playbook of sorts, which will say, okay, this is what when a customer wants us to be always listening and wants us to personalize all our offerings as much as they want it to be, and then the delivery is very fast, where people are talking about the instant gratification, which is becoming a norm in many cases. So... Compared to a standard old-style organization, if somebody had to transition, and most companies have started on this journey, but what would a playbook look like for an organization to morph into delivering what I just mentioned, where we are personalizing, listening, and delivering very fast? Yeah. So I think we even larger organizations need to work with the startup mentality, Right. So depending upon the products, the services that we are, that an organization is looking to offer, you know, a smaller, shorter units working toward with the startup mentality really, uh, you know, uh, will help uh, to 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 transform, to morph, to be able to respond faster. Because really, we've seen that a lot of these organizations have, uh, you know, massively disrupted the way, uh, 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 you, you know, the similar set of services or businesses being delivered today. And technology has a large role to play, right? So there's a strong partnership between business and IT teams, assuring that common objective. So the tech teams there can come in, they can expose the business teams to the possibilities and enable them to experiment, to be able to bring in that kind of agility and interaction uh, uh, with the customers, right? Companies, you know, they can build on initiatives and the technology capabilities to develop that co-creation relationship with the customer that I said before, right? Uh, so the final destination is really where both customer and companies enjoy successful fulfillment and a shared value. It's in an in a environment like today where, uh, you know, it's an environment of likes, just a pseudo presence on a Twitter, Facebook, which a lot of companies are doing in the name of being out there, 
um, is is not enough, right? So really, uh, and and in addition to technology, right? Technology is just a tool. We need leaders that are driving this transformation and and really using a combination of vision and inspiration and airtight business case. And I would want to reiterate an airtight business case to bring about a customer focus shift. So really, if there is uh, you know, talk two, three things which could really help or maybe be a, some sort of playbook is that, uh, you know, combination of vision and inspiration and airtight business case, which is bringing about a customer focus shift, clearly articulate the roadmap for success, delineate what was on versus off strategy, what should be on and off our to-do list, why each business unit geography and functional area really need to unite to bring that strategy to life, right? Uh, to bring about those uh, 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 tech solutions up uh, up there, uh, uh, which business can, can uh, experiment with and work on uh, creating that co-creation environment with their customers. So not every organization is mature in the way you mentioned that they could come together and they can start drafting things. A lot of companies, you know, only the large companies such as GE or many others which are large enough who have the resources to take a step back, do the strategy, invite some third-party consultants, do everything that you need to do to get to a point of maturity or, or, or kind of play this game, if you will. But when you talk about mid-sized companies or relatively smaller enterprises, who may not have either reached maturity or just the sheer resource availability is not there, for them to be able to get to a point where they are exceeding customer expectations. And this further compounds the problem because if they don't, they will lose customer. So yes. is it a catch-22 for companies which are smaller and they will implode as a result? Is that what, what the future holds? Or, and only the larger enterprises who have the wherewithal will survive? Frankly, Sanjog, I think the smaller organizations have uh, an advantage to the bigger organizations on that because uh, being small, if handled right, inculcating agility should be a lot easier, right? For larger organizations, uh, you know, it's, it's different geographies, it's different functions, it's different businesses, different product sets, different customer sets. Bringing all of that together and then driving a change is a much larger magnitude of effort than the smaller organizations. And I think a lot of the organizations which has not, uh, you know, uh, got on this uh, roller coaster of change, if I was to call it, it's largely because of the inertia being a bit higher because many organizations really discounted these disruptive technologies as passing fad. And they just remain hesitant when it comes to that customer equality and mutuality like I spoke about, right? Customers are only valued only for their dollar, not for their assets, the insights and the contributions they can bring. So if that inertia goes away, I think smaller organizations are positioned better to be able to, because bringing in agility in a shorter setup is relatively easier than a much larger scale setups. But the good thing is, it's not too late. It's not too late for the organizations who've had initial inertia 
today, after seeing uh, so many success stories, not just for those bigger ones like Google's and Apple's, even the smaller, newer, younger siblings, um, you know, I've, I go for my formal wears to Fable Street. It's a very, very small setup, but so agile, so uh, 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 personalized in their approach. So I think smaller organizations can do much better. The intent and the brilliant idea is that the core successful use of disruptive technologies, and while there are a lot of successful use cases out there, but possibilities that can still be explored are really enormous. So one is for an organization to be able to uh, go with these strategies and top leaders are going to work on, okay, these are different things we have to do and the corresponding um, you know, partners will also chime in. What about the people, the the employees who are supposed to shift the way they think and the way they work to bring all of this together and then keep changing what they were uh, supposed to do? Many of them would feel we didn't sign up for this madness and we understand that we have to serve our customer and I know this company pays my bill, but an average Joe in a company looks for that predictability, that standardization, that sanity as well. So at what cost, how far will we suppose, which we are supposed to go as companies to, to exceed customer expectations when our own internal employees, who are kind of also our customer and internal customer, they are losing their sanity. So frankly, uh, you know, it's not that, like like we discussed a while back, it's not that we're changing steers every day, every moment, every hour. It's a smaller group, the way at least we are structured. It's a smaller group which is really keeping the eyes on the ground, the ears on the ground, and is gathering these insights is building the interpretations on what this insights mean and how should that then eventually means in terms of steer towards the uh, way organizations objectives or the uh, the outcomes that the organization is going after if there is any steer change to that really an average joe does not see this every day every hour right so the the majority is really working towards the airtight business case that we started off with. And then we, as we are adding, we are adding a smaller group of experimental teams who are working through it and really validating that idea uh, on, on, uh, uh, on, on, on the worth of that idea, on the outcome it can deliver. And that's when you merge it to entire organization and it goes with the right leaders driving it the right way. It's not that everyone's like looking at all of this madness, looking at changes every day. Nobody knows where they're moving. It's like a movement all over, all over the place in all directions. That's not how it can work, right? So you're right about that. So if, yeah. if you were to look at the type of changes that are coming in the way customers want to interact, in the way the technologies are getting introduced, frankly, no one has the credibility or rather qualification to be able to tell that this is the best way of approaching 
utilization of a technology or change of a process which will lead us to the maximum outcome or, or maximizing the, the intended outcome. So yes. who do we and rely on? Do we just keep working and experimenting internally and sandbox it and, and that's how we should find our way forward or are there ways or there are resources someone should continue to tap which are outside of our organization but they may have more experience than us? It's a mix of both. It's depend, it depends on what setup we are in, right? And in our organization, we deploy a mix of both. We have our own in-house experts, and we're working with organizations who bring that expertise as well to really sense what is uh, uh, and uh, you know what could be next big idea to work on. And sandboxing is must. You uh, at least uh, the environment we work in, we are definitely sandboxing those ideas, even if it's for a smaller duration. And that. And that's when we say bring the minimum viable product out there to the customer. So it's like I'm not waiting for a specific product to get to perfection with a long cycle kind of mindset. Since we need to engage we, our customer in creation, sandbox an idea, get to a prototype, bring it out in the market to a select sort of group. Uh, you know, get their feedbacks, improve on the product before you consider rolling it out across. But uh, uh, it's it's not uh, uh, that we, there is one recipe that may work, just going in-house or just going out, outside. In different contexts, it could be different things. But in our case, it's mix of both that's working for us. So... Look at the type of leadership someone would need to develop uh, in an organization for the whole organization to come together. And that is one. But then attached question is, how can you create a culture and uh, the approach to continually winning uh, uh, and exceeding uh, customer expectations so that it transcends the leadership? So if we are totally depending on a leader or a number of leaders, if they shift or they change or they move on, it should not become a sine curve of experience that a customer gets. How do we insulate customer experience from leadership changes? So uh, at least, in a, so again, I think larger organizations that way has a benefit in this space. Uh, because uh, a we have uh, for every leader there is a succession plan and and uh, uh, there is a proper way the way we uh, uh, for every key leader who's driving the existing outcomes there is an ongoing process of having the right succession planning done for them so that there isn't a vacuum right and it's not so much about structures as well. It's about the mindset shift, which takes the entire organization. It's about infusing a new way of thinking and operating a fresh energy of driving that customer-centric growth, right? So structurally, for if we have in the organization a set of leaders, the succession planning is must so that the organization do not have the uh, vacuum. And it's an ongoing process. It's not something you could do today and not do tomorrow. It's an ongoing process, which most successful organizations have done it 
on a day-to-day or on an ongoing basis. But more than the org structure, and I'll sort of underline that, right? More than the org structure, it's the mindset shift and it's infusing that new way of thinking and operating and bringing in that fresh energy for driving the customer-centered growth is what will really take organizations ahead. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd like to really thank you, Shweta, for sharing your thoughts and insights on how to design and implement winning strategies for exceeding customer expectations. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much again. And uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed, got a few nuggets out of this conversation. Please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, that is CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.